Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drew, and welcome to the Codeco Podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here's the show. Thanks. This is the Codeco Podcast. Welcome to episode one for season one. This episode was recorded on Friday, the 14th of October, 2022, for release on Thursday, the 3rd of November, 2022. This episode is sponsored by Split.io. I am your co-host, Susanna Skyragupta, with our host, Drew Freeman. Thanks, Suze. Buckle up, listeners, because we're going to be time traveling in this episode. We're going to look back at the history of RayWenderlich.com, and then we're going to look forward to where we go from here as Codeco. Welcome to this episode's guests, Codeco CEO, Matt Derrick, and the man who started it all, Ray Wunderlich. And I've been really looking forward to this chat um, ever since we scheduled it, just because these are really cool guys, and I'm excited to talk with them. Yes, welcome both to the show. Thank you. Hello, great to be here. How, how do we start something like this? Because there's just so much encompassed. Let's, let's just start with, with both of you. First of all, Ray, how are you doing today? Doing great. How about yourself? Not too bad. When you're not doing all of the, the Ray stuff, what do you do for fun? What do you what do you do? Just tell us a little bit about the non-computer world. Uh, yeah. Well, my wife and I, Vicki, moved up recently to Alexandria, Virginia. So we're uh, right near Matt, actually. So we're enjoying the city living now. We can uh, walk to like the grocery store, the gym, which I've never been able to do in my life, living being a country boy, usually. Um, so I'm, I'm loving that. And uh, Oh, that's so cool. Uh, Amanda visited us, uh, who used to run our book team, and got us to go rock climbing. So we got into that, and we've been doing a lot of biking around the area so you know staying active and uh and recently we're back here at our old house trying to get it ready to to be airbnb nice oh that's exciting and matt how about you um so i love uh, i live here in the dc area i've lived here for over 20 years now uh basically since since college yeah there's it's grown quite a bit in that time um i i i love the area and um I have uh, three daughters. My wife and I have th- three daughters that are now in middle school, and and we have a high schooler, and we spend most of our time being glorified chauffeurs, driving them to and from <laughs> different practices or orchestra concerts, or you know, t- trying to coordinate our schedule. Every day is a, a game of, honey, do you have? Are you picking up this person? Okay, if so, then I'll pick up that, and that's that is our life. But but we love it. I. I love sports, uh, um, uh, so I, I, I enjoy that. I, I love to read when I, I have a book with me at all times, and so that's uh, that's oh, that's smart. Kind of my my life, yeah. I, Kindle on on phones was a a game changer because you know now if I forget my phone, I've always always got books. So yeah, I, I, that's what I spend a, a lot of my time doing, and like. Ray said with uh, he and Vicky moving up here, it's great because now we can we get together every few weeks for coffee and, and chat. So it's it's uh, re- really worked out well. Enjoy the chauffeuring because if it's high school, that means soon there's going to be driving lessons and then you're not going to be enjoying that. A hundred percent. She's our oldest. will be driving within the year. So mm-hmm. that's a scary thought. You know, I found like I was excited for my kids to start driving too. So I would be driving less, but it's such a good time to talk with them when you're in the car, you know, and especially if like Mm -hmm. you're looking out and driving. And so it can be easier for them to say important big stuff um, because they don't have to look in your eyes to say it, you know. 
So it's, there's some special time there. Yeah, it definitely is. But I, 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 I've learned there are times when I'm, I'm a people, I'd love to talk. So like, I'll, I'll be like picking up uh, our daughter and like, how was the day? How was this? And good. Okay. <laughs> yes. Or that like, I, I see her processing. What's the smallest amount of response I can say to, uh, you know, so that we'll, we'll get through this conversation. Other times we have great conversations. So yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I, I think, Having the time with them in any way is is so valuable. Absolutely. So I was going to ask you. So now that um, this company that was always a remote first, like a remote only company, right? Um, so now that you guys live by each other, do you sometimes work in person? Yeah. So we'll we uh, get together. I'd say um, probably about once a month or so. You know, where we'll meet up for so so we chat every week um and have done that in the close to two years that, that i've been here and so but it's it's nice to just especially if you have like you know a pres a spreadsheet or something to share and kind of turn around the laptop and show you know just kind of walk through it like that i've never had an all remote company so like i still have that i i like that in person and it's it's a really, really small world that it just so happened that this remote company, Ray and Vicky, moved up to this area. So I, I love that. Yeah, that's really cool. Even though we're a remote company, we find it useful to get together with our senior leadership team once a year for like high level brainstorming discussions because there's something about being outside of your normal location, being there in person that really helps for those high level thinking times. And since Matt lives so close, we can do that now once a month, uh, which is great. That's really neat. That's fantastic. So, Ray, let's turn things over to you. At one point, you were just an engineer with a blog. That's right. That's right. That's how it all started. Was the blog originally something that you thought you could stand on its own, or were you sort of doing it as you were an engineer? Yeah, it was definitely, I had no big plans for the blog when I started. I was really just doing it for fun. Um, if you recall, back in the early days of iPhone development, this is the iPhone 3 timeframe, there weren't a whole lot of information, uh, tutorials and, and how-tos about iPhone development. And so as, as a beginner to iPhone development myself, trying to learn these things, it was the school of hard knocks. You know, everything I would try, I'd run into a roadblock and suffer. I'd finally figure it out and I would be like, man, I don't want that next person have to suffer so much so i'd write a tutorial about what i learned along the way um, but really it was just for fun and to share things i was learning back to the world when did this transition occur that you realized this blog is more than just a blog i guess it started um at, at the beginning i was just writing tutorials myself and um i uh, then I decided to, uh, I noticed some of my tutorials were popular and some weren't. And I was like, well, I want all my tutorials to be popular. So I put a poll up and said, what do you guys want me to write about next? And often people would pick things that I'd never worked with in the apps that I had been working on. And I was like, shoot, now I have to go learn that and then write a tutorial on it. It would take me a lot more time. And um, I had kind of hoped to spend one day a week working on the blog as I was supposed to be spending the other days working on my apps. And it was getting to be too much when I had to learn it and then write about it. So I was like, I need help. So I 
reached out to a bunch uh, on the internet said, hey, who wants to write tutorials with me? And a bunch of awesome people wrote in. And uh, and we were all doing that for free, for fun. And we did that for about a year or so. And then one day, one of the team members said, you know what? We should make a book because iOS 5 had just come out. And it was like chock full of all these features that you know took a while to learn. And we're like, if we just all learn one thing and then write a chapter about it, we can read each other's you know work and learn it much faster. Plus, then everyone else can benefit from it, too. So we made a book called iOS 5 by Tutorials. Um, and that sold really well. And next year, we did another one called Iowa 6 by Tutorials, and that sold really well, too. And so the moment, to answer your question, when I realized as I was looking at my like financial spreadsheet one day, and I was like, wait a minute, these books are starting to earn more money than my apps. Maybe I should spend more than one day a week working on this blog. Oh, and wow. So, okay. So then I just started putting more and more time to it, and eventually it took 100% of my time um, um, back from one day a week to 100%. So you actually, now were you a full-time engineer at the time that you had started all of the blog? And you basically realized that there was a, a tipping point from the books from being an engineer? Yeah, exactly. So I was a indie app developer making my own apps on the App Store. Um, and this was the early days, so it was a lot easier to be successful as an indie app developer than it is right. now. Um, so I was kind of in the right place at the right time, and I was earning enough money for my apps to pay my bills. Oh, I wasn't awesome. a millionaire or anything, but I was getting by and doing what I loved, and, and the blog was just another thing that I loved doing. Uh, what kind of apps, I have to ask? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I made a bunch, but my most popular app was called Math Ninja. It was an educational game for kids. Um, it was a very simple app, but for some reason, kids loved it, and it was in the top 25 educational uh, games for several years. Um, oh, that's right on. But I made other ones, too. I made one for D&D players. I made one for like a magnetic poetry app for the iPhone, and I made one about oh, like that's fun. interactive uh, Aesop's fables. Oh, cool. You've always had an ace in your back pocket. It and that's was Vicky doing artwork for you for these early apps? Yes, that was uh, a lifesaver because I was so naive when I started. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to learn iPhone programming half my time, and then the other half my time, I'm going to become a master at like Photoshop and Illustrator and all this. And <laughs> that, I learned very quickly there was no time to do both, at least for me. So then I went to Plan B, which was beg my wife to help me. She was uh, she was an artist, but she was a ceramic artist, and I was like, well, same thing, ceramic art, you know, digital <laughs> art. So. Both say art. <laughs> I basically begged her to, to make all the, you know, <laughs> yeah. So she was kind of learning as she went. Um, and so she made all the artwork for all my apps. And also later as we were making the website, I would need art for tutorials. Like we make a game tutorial and we were like, oh, we need, we want to make a game like Mario and we're going to call it Koalio, a Koala Mario. And so I was like, Vicky, you have to draw me a Koala Mario. And so she'd be doing all these strange projects like this. <laughs> she, she'd be like, my job is so strange. I just drew like an animated pig all day and that's my job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, as we've talked about on the show, I did my own app as well, but I, I, I don't have a Vicky Winterlick to uh, <laughs> to fall back on, and, and and finding art is not an easy process. That 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 was a, a stellar thing for you to have. Oh, yeah, it was a definite lifesaver because when you're an indie, your budget is zero, right? You can't really right. afford, you know, to, to go and buy art a lot of times. So, you know, a lot of times you have to try to do it yourself or find it through free online resources, which, like you said, you know, are, are hit and miss. Um, but I was really lucky to be able to, to beg Vicky to help me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love the look and feel of her stuff. It's so, it's friendly. It's very friendly yeah, and accessible. Yeah, she's great at she's that. so yeah. I mean, 
uh, both of you are very talented because the the tutorials themselves are always very easy to read, very approachable. Um, do you want to do any shout outs to any of the early team members who, who Yeah, helped? I'm curious who was who was there from early days. Yeah, um, well, Marin Todorov is one of the oldest members of our tutorial oh, wow. team. Okay. Uh, and he's still around. You know, a lot of the principles in which we, how we write tutorials is based on Marin's work. He's an excellent writer. Um, Matthias Hollemans is also still around and he was the one who wrote the original iOS Apprentice. And, and likewise, oh, he's neat. a brilliant developer, brilliant author. Um, Felipe Lasso Marchetti was one of the original team members. He's still on the team. He's still very involved in video courses and other things. Uh, and Sheshar uh, Rachi is still on our team. Um, and he's involved in all kinds of book projects these days. And um, you know, he's a he's a great developer with a lot of experience. So we're really lucky to have so many um, original team members still on and, and lots of amazing people uh, have joined since then as well. And um, we've had, I believe, all of them on the show multiple times. Um, I'm just glad that we could drag you into the show and Matt into the show because uh, uh, there is the fire underneath this, which has set this thing ablaze. You started with just a few people. How many people are now working um, on, well, what was RayWenderlich.com? Yeah, we started with just um, 10, about 10, 15 tutorial team members, and now we have over 300 from all around the world, wow. which is amazing. And not just iOS anymore either. You know, we have Android and Flutter and server-side Swift and Unity and, and hopefully many more subjects in the future. Professional growth. Mm -hmm. That's right. Obviously, the, the, the question comes up. Why change the name? Like we talked about, I never expected this site to become anything remotely like what it's become. It was always meant to be my own personal blog where I was just sharing what I learned along the way. If I had known that it would be what it is today, I never would have named it RavenLink.com to begin with. You know, um, In fact, many times throughout the years, I thought, man, I need to rename this. And then I looked into it and I realized how much work was involved in a rebranding and you know how much money and time it would take to do rebranding and all the SEO worries and implications. I was like, man, we're not ready for this yet. Um, but I still I had bought d domains. I had bought like tutorialteam.com and like rwtutorials.com and a few other names I was thinking about using, uh, but it just wasn't the right time. We were just such a you know small company and we were just you know trying to survive basically. Um, but you know now we're we're a bigger company. You know we we have um, we we've made a lot of moves and we're well beyond the point of needing a new name. We need a name that reflects all of us as a team. You know, I think with our current name, some people who don't know the site think RayWinnerLink.com, that's just some guy's blog. And it's obviously not, you know, a single person's blog. You know, we have this picture that we make of team members every single year for, for our Christmas calendars. And uh, it's like a grid of all our team's faces. And every year, like the grid, like the, the you know, rectangles in the grid get smaller and smaller as more and more people join the team. And my face is like one tiny little, you know, block in that grid. It's like playing Where's Waldo. So I'm really excited that now we have a name that can reflect all of us, that we can all be proud of, that can, you know, be our shared uh, identity. And every year, everybody's still in the grid and it just gets bigger and bigger. And it's, and one of the things that I love is that these people aren't in little gridded boxes. These people all communicate with each other all the time. I know so many people from being associated with the site. It's just amazing. It really is. I've had that experience also. 
I always tell new team members who join our team that we have such a special community. There's something about writing tutorials that must attract nice people or something like that. It's everyone so genuinely nice, easy to get along with. And it's nice because it's a community that stays with you regardless of where you go in your career. Like a lot of people in our team and the time they've been on our team have worked for four or five different companies, but yet they're still a part of our community and it sticks with you through all that time, which is special. What's what's always uh, just been so impressive for me is that you know sort of the the metaphor of one little box on, on in a giant grid but each of the people are just so incredibly talented like i mean like huge high highly skilled high de- high level developers in their own right in and at very large companies and you know are are well known in the community and and everything and and any one of those tiny little grids you're like amazingly fortunate to be able to work with one of them and we have hundreds it's it's like amazing like i I talk to these every every week through a check-in program that we do and it's just i mean it it is really that was one of the first days i was here i was like oh my goodness that person was incredible then i talked to the next then the next and it's just it never ceases to amaze me and and many of these people come from fortune not 500 but fortune 50 companies that they're working for you've you've got people who are at microsoft and apple who work on tutorials you've got um i can't even list all the companies that that i've heard passed on i've seen it on like uh the 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 bottom banner on the site where some of the the uh the companies were listed and it's it's truly amazing it really is that that to me was probably the most eye-opening thing uh, of all like i knew the core internal team but just the caliber of the people that we we work with and and not just a handful of them but but every single one of them is is remarkable and i feel like that makes it all the more amazing when you as a team member need help or when somebody out there using our materials needs help and the person responding the author or editor responding is like maybe one of the lead maintainers on a project or maybe the senior most person at a top company whose name you'd know in working in that technology stack and they're like okay learner i'm gonna help you i mean that's amazing to have that access to that level of knowledge and and not just technology we well we we did the uh living by the code season where we actually did a lot of soft skills with leaders that aren't necessarily technical engineers so there's just that outreach as well yeah i love the uh, some of those discussions that you had were were fascinating i mean again it just goes back to and like ray said maybe there is something about the self-selecting process that the people you would think if you're that um you've achieved that stature and and that that ability in in your career you might be a little you might have an ego but it just doesn't come across and people are so willing to to work and help each other out and and not have egos it's 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 really really special to see i uh i, I remember a story that I, I often relay is that i i don't feel sometimes as the most technically i mean imposter syndrome is common throughout our uh throughout our trade but i remember asking a question that i felt was really really stupid on one of the shows of one of our technical guests and i got a note from one of the people that i really admire at the company at the uh at 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 the the site saying, I'm so glad you asked that question because it's something I never knew. 
And it, it really gives you that level of, of understanding that everybody's out there asking the questions and, and wondering about this. Yeah, I mean, it's it, there is the, the amount of learners that, that can gain from practical insight from, from our team members is, I mean, that's really at the end of the day what, when I, when I talk to people, what gets them excited is it's, it's helping, they, they like to learn by, by figuring out the, and, and putting the tutorials together, but they know it's going to help other people on their programming journey. So, so Matt, obviously everybody knows Ray Wenderlich's name. Not a lot of people know Matt Derrick's name. You're relatively new to the site. How did you first come in contact and, and some of this hook that you've been talking about? Yeah, good question. I mean, it, it, we're coming up almost on on two years. I don't remember exactly, but it was some point in in the fall of 2020. I was um, I was at another startup that um, we were sort of s- scrapping through COVID and how do you how do you raise money with with this in in a crazy environment. And I came across Raiseware, and I, I it's funny I've told Ray this many times. I I I, I googled what Raiseware was, and it said this like placeholder site being built and I was like oh is this some site in someone's garage I didn't really really know but uh, you know I had the conversation with Ray and anyone who's ever had a conversation with Ray knows that he comes across as just incredibly down to earth and genuine and you know like he, he when I when he described what the company was and what he had built and I went back and and looked at it I was like oh my goodness this is incredibly impressive and then it became a, a process of just learning on I think for both of us because they had put together a really really uh, comprehensive interview process because this is a, 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 a really important uh, role and and finding that right fit and I think they did I, I that to me signaled like this is a serious company that that really cares about the people there because they're they're so intentional about bringing in the right person not just technically and I had, I had a lot of startup background but the that my uh, personality is going to fit with the people that are here and my uh, vision and beliefs align with Ray and Vicky's and the other people that have been at the company for a long time and as we went through that process it just felt like such a perfect fit I know from my my standpoint as well as Ray has talked about from he and Vicky's standpoint as well, and and um, that that's really what drew, drew me to it. Like I I was attracted by the opportunity because when I saw what actually they had built, I was like, oh, I've I've been around startups. I know how hard it is to get to the point they've they've gotten, and they have they've done it without advertising and marketing, and sort of like word of mouth and this community driven approach. That's really cool. Then when I came in. And saw the people on the internal team. I was like, oh, these people are amazing. Like, you know, we don't have sort of the the, the rough elbowed, you know, people that are just trying to get ahead of each other at the expense of, you know, others. And 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 then, like I talked about with the broader team, the, that the incredible experts that we were able to leverage. I was like, man, how fortunate am I? This is just a phenomenal opportunity to be a part of this and uh, like uh, all of what all of what we're doing today is built on the foundation that Ray and Vicky and Sam and Chris and other the longtime Raiseware team members had built and it, it it's such a strong foundation that it really really gives us a, a great uh, vehicle for growth in the future but that's what attracted me to to the opportunity in the first place. 
We'll have more of the Cadeco podcast after these words from Split.io. This podcast is brought to you by the Split Feature Management and Experimentation Platform. What if a release was exactly how it sounds? A liberation from constraint, a moment of relief, an escape from outdated processes, tedious software changes, and the slow, painful deployments that hold back product engineers. Free your teams and your features with Split. By attaching insightful data to feature flags, Split helps you quickly deploy, measure, and learn the impact of every feature you release, which means you can turn up what works, turn off what doesn't, and give software innovation the room to run wild. Now you can safely deliver features up to 50 times faster and exhale. Split feature management and experimentation. What a release. To reimagine software delivery and propel your teams forward, start your free trial at split.io slash Codeco. And we'd like to thank Split.io for sponsoring this episode of the Codeco podcast. For both Matt and Ray on this one, what gave you the impression that now was the time to really start talking about pulling the Ray Wenderlich name off. What what was, how did that those first uh, the, those first steps go? And were there? I'm curious too. Like, were there certain signals you were looking for in our analytics, in like where the growth that you're hoping for in the coming year, in the coming couple years? Like, how'd you know? Ray, do you want to? Started. Yeah, so we have a senior leadership retreat uh, every winter where we get together and it's our chance to talk about some of the high-level topics. And I believe, Matt, you were the one who came um, with a topic about discussing rebranding. Is that Am I remembering that correctly? Correct. We, we usually pull together, I'd say, three or four big, big picture topics each year. And, and this was one. It was one that I didn't... I didn't really think we earned, I wasn't sure if we'd get any consensus around. It was certainly probably one of the largest um, uh, topics to consider. Yeah, but it's, it was one of those topics that we think about every once in a while. So we're like, is it the time now? No, you know, how about now? You know, until, until the time is right. And uh, we were running into an increasing number of challenges with our name. Um, for example, we just started running a sales team uh, in the, I guess it's been a year and a half or so since we started the sales team. Um, but uh the companies, some companies we were selling to were getting confused, similar to how Matt was describing. He was confused when he was applying to our company, which is called Raiseware. But the main thing we do is raywenderlich.com. And the difference is very confusing to most people. Um, so we were, we would, we would kind of have been wanting to have whatever our site's name be the same as whatever our company's name is. Um, so that was one thing that started it. Um, but another, uh, one of the biggest things in, in my mind, at least, is just we've gotten to, to be bigger as a company. We're now um, about 25 full-time people now, and we have more capability to tackle a big project like this. Um, and we had just finished some other real big projects for the site. We had just finished like a big online book reader, which was our big project like the year before that. And we were wondering, you know, what's our big project going to be this year? And we decided on this because, you know, um, originally I was a little skeptical because, uh, you know, it's it's quite a big uh, investment of time to do a rebranding like this. But I think uh, it was Matt who brought up a really good point and said, and he said, look, we need to do this eventually, you know, and it's going to be expensive and time consuming to do whenever we do it. So why not just 
you know, bite the bullet, get it done now, and then we can build upon that in the years ahead. Um, so it just felt like the right time. Anything you'd like to add, Matt? The only uh, thing to uh, caveat is I think it was Sam from a, a technical perspective, which was actually really good. We I don't think any of us had really kind of thought of it from that standpoint, but Sam said, okay, there's a lot of pages on the site. Like it's it's going to be Sam Davies, our chief technical officer said there's it's going to be a big task to 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 do this but it's only going to get larger in the future so as as bad as it is now uh it will get worse the the longer we we put it off and we were like yeah that's a that's a really good point i mean it's still and i think so that combined with ray's uh, you know that we have gotten to the point now where we have it's not like four people doing everything it gave us the confidence that this is something that we could take on and that if we're going we need to do this and if we don't do it now we're just it, it only sort of exponentially uh increases in in difficulty as we move forward so we have to take that time investment now to build stronger for the future and so you basically tossed the coin and came up with the name Kadeco. <laughs> which is, of course, completely inaccurate. Can you talk a little bit about the process? Because I know it's, it, it's, it's definitely drinking story material. Um, it, it is. That, that, it was a fun process. I, I mean, honestly, it's a great, I've gone through a few rebrandings in my, in my career and each one is different uh, and in a, in a lot of unique, special ways. Um, for this, we, we, you know, there's there's a lot of questions around wh what type of name should it be. We had a very uh, um, a name RayWendelit.com is what we we're known for, but that doesn't describe what the con, you know, what the site is unless you know Ray. Um, so we started off by by saying maybe we could do a contest and sort of crowdsource name ideas from from the 300 person team, and we had a bunch of uh, prizes for like the most creative i think we or funny we had a compile and pray.com which was you know so there were a bunch of <laughs> a, a fun uh, there was one that was so long and descriptive i can't even remember it but you had a lot of very literal names you know like dev haven and coders guild and and things like that that are, that are very descriptive of of the product itself um but so that that gave us a, a really good starting point to to see where the the our broader team where the, what their thoughts were um, and then we worked with uh, found a, a branding agency out of Spain that uh, uh, Vasava that helped us walk through exactly okay what are the attributes of our brand you know is this a you know and do, doing mood boards and where do we see this as aspirational or sort of on a continuum of of minimalist or, or you know sort of a, 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 yeah how'd you guys how do we pick Vasava? How like how'd you so yeah we went through a good question we had a an rfp process and looked at a bunch of different branding firms so our our um design team lead luke uh, is is based out of spain um luke oh, freeman he's um and he we we got down to a, a short list of about three or four firms that were very good and competitive two of them here in the u.s and one over in Spain, and um, the Vasava really impressed us with their 
creativity, their track record, um, but also their willingness to sort of roll up their sleeves and, and work with us through this process. Uh, and it, it's open-ended because in some ways you don't really know how, uh, you know, we, we're looking for obviously more than just a name, right? So like the name right. is, is the, 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 the one part. But so I think we, we uh, I credit Luke um, and Abby on our design team with, with finding Vasava. They did a great job with that and then working with that relationship throughout. And then they, they really helped us figure out and, and refine and plot these different names on on, on grids and, and and we began to refine them and, and see like, okay, what are the, you know, they came up with, they were the ones that sort of first uh, surfaced to us this these word combinations and, and they encouraged us to to not be afraid of non-literal na- names. So like right. go, going I, out into the, the, beyond what we had sort of crowdsourced. Yeah, I know when we had talked about it, you know, in some internal chat groups and in meetings like the, there is there was a level of discomfort, you know, among a bunch of like programmers, right? That's like, how do you name this? It needs to be a literal name that everybody can understand. Like, we teach code here, you know, like, and so that, yeah, so that was a, a, a leap of faith. Yeah, and, and so we, when we worked through them, we kind of got, down eventually to a short list of names, um, and and Drew, we were talking about this the, the, before we sent sent it out to the team, and and you know this was probably a, a learning experience in itself that just the name in a vacuum is hard to you know people are like what are, what are these names like what's wrong with Ray Wenderlich like even though we've been talking about this process all the way through when they're actually when you see a name in print it it doesn't have a story. Um, and, and so Ray had some really good points about let's stop and engage with, with our team and, and really learn about what, what are the questions they have. And when we talked about the narrative around the, the names that we were considering, that was the point where everyone began to coalesce around the name Code Echo because it just seemed like that was a name that everyone could say, yeah, I get it. I mean, there's, uh, I've commented, there's so much you can unpack from there. You've got code, you've got echoing for the tutorial, you've got deco, which gives you sort of an artistic twist in there as well. There's just literally so much to unpack in the name. Yeah, it's... And it sounds good in multiple languages. Yeah, exactly. Um, Some of my favorite parts about the name is, like you said, Drew, um, a tutorial is basically an echo. You know, we have these expert developers who are saying, here's how you accomplish something step by step, and then the readers echo in their footsteps. But even another cool aspect of the echo concept is how a lot of readers... You know, I hear this all the time from people who join our team. They read our site when they're beginner developers themselves, and then they eventually get a job as a mobile developer, and then they advance in their career, and they're like, oh, wow, I know some stuff. I want to give back to the community. And then they often join our team, or they might go speak at a conference or something like that. So they're then echoing their knowledge to another generation and inspiring another generation of developers with what they learn. So I think of our site as you know, echoing knowledge through generations of developers. Yeah, I can't even begin to estimate the number of team members I know that uh, who have been speakers at conferences. Yeah, it, it's it's a really like we. It's one of those names where at first you know it's it's a it's a made up word. It's like a combination, but when you actually think about it, and and that's why, as I said, we went through these meetings and people overwhelmingly. I don't I don't know if there was a single other word that that came up. Uh, 
that people liked as much in any we probably had 30 meetings uh, i think all, all told and code echo was just that the narrative really really spoke to people and that that gave us confidence that okay now we we have this we have something that we can build around um and it was then you know like taking that and infusing that through everything else i think there's something i want to underscore here though because i think that um and worked in a variety of workplaces, I think this is really unusual and beautiful how you did it that, yeah, we did get like there was some there was some strongly stream of consciousness negativity with the in the initial discussions as there can often be in large chat groups. OK, but instead of shutting it down, um, you guys persevered and just as leadership were like, okay, let's keep talking. I'm going to keep listening. Tell me what you don't like. Let's talk about it more. You know, and you're just saying, Matt, like, you know, maybe we had 30 meetings, like just let's, let's keep the dialogue going. And I mean, that's how you get buy-in and that's how you respect people you work with. So that that's, uh, you know, that's a great thing to see. Yeah. And again, I, I, credit Ray with, you know, from the beginning with that, that's the ethos that he's built in into this. And, you know, not not just on this, but on a, a myriad of decisions, it's, you know, let's, we want to honor the team and do right by the team. And, and whether that's our content contributing that, you know, the, the 300 person team or our internal Raysware team. Um, and it's about respecting people's opinions and people in, in chat or, or text or anything can be a little, it can come across as a little blunt sometimes, but they, it's because people care. If they didn't care, then we'd have, then we'd have a problem. So the fact that, you know, Ray has always just, really it matters what the community, that the community cares. And there, as I said before, they're so, um, high-level experts like this is this isn't we're randomly asking 300 people on the street these are people that are at the top of the career in the, the field that we were in well we'd be crazy not to to consider what they're saying and and take that to heart so and and the fact that we were able to do that and and then have once once we talked through that and they saw that that um, the narrative around why, what this means and how it can be used, it just, it worked really, really well. Yeah, our team is the most Im important thing to us. I mean, the whole reason we're successful is because of our incredible team of all the great things we've been talking about, about how nice everyone is, how talented everyone is, how hardworking everyone is and how much they care about everything, including our name. And so those discussions were a great thing because, you know, if some team members initially were wondering about the name, you know, so would anybody else who encounters the name for the first time and having those discussions and talking through this name versus that name, why are we choosing this name? What's the reason? What does it mean to us? Really? clarified us and gave us a lot of confidence, I think, going into this launch that we have a good name that, you know, our team likes. And I think the community will really like too. I wish we had time to play the entire interview for you, but if you'd like to see the interview with all the material, watch YouTube for the full video version in just a few weeks. This group that started as RayWenderlich.com has always had a very forward drive to it. Kodeko seems to be even further looking forward to, to what is going to be coming next down the pike. And I'm, I'm thrilled to personally be part of this 
organization. It's it's. Uh, uh, I'm now going on uh, five and a half years, uh, which surprised me when I last counted that. So it makes me very happy. I uh, I joined with a uh, with a RayWenderlich.com uh, conference. I I. Not going to put you on the spot and ask you whether or not CodecoCon is coming on uh, in the future. Well, uh, we are all curious, and we did hear about how there's a new big project about every year. So, we'll so, there. so if we can put our vote in, we'd love to see everybody again now that COVID has uh, has stopped rearing its ugly head for the most part. Um, let me give you both a, a chance if you have anything you want to add in. Ray, do you have anything else you'd love to add in? Um, yeah, I just wanted to appreciate everybody on our team who's been a part of this project. It's such a tremendous amount of work to get this rebranding done. It was obviously pretty much everybody here working full-time here at Raiseware, but also there were so many members of the RayWenderlich.com team. We had an internal branding committee um, that would meet with us about once a month and give us advice and feedback. That was so helpful. Um, and so many other people are involved in you know, changing the way our sample projects look or our tutorials, or our book covers, You know, and, and we couldn't have done it without a Everybody's help. Um, so thank you so much. And Matt, do you have anything you want to add in? Yeah, I'll just echo and just sort of go, go back to, to the beginning. Like, none of this would be possible without the, the company that, that Ray and, and Vicky created. And, and not just created, but the how the values and ethos that they put into this. Like, I think that's the secret sauce is because if it didn't have that, it would not have grown to where it has gotten. And if it didn't, it hadn't grown, it wouldn't have brought in all these amazing people that are just, like we said, so talented and humble and, and genuinely great to work with. And, and that's what, like, it's, in, in some ways, the, even though it's been a long uh, process to rebrand, that's the easy part. Like the hard part is the thankless work for over years and years of being consistently high quality and, and um, never deviating from that standard and never deviating from the fact that this, the community is what, what matters. And, and we're going to build the right content, build the right company for that community. And I, I think that just makes everything that we do today and in the future so much easier because we're not putting those in place. Those, those were in place from the beginning. So, Ray, uh, all, all the credit goes to you and, and Vicky and Sam and the other longtime team members. And then Drew, Susanna, you, you guys with the podcast are fantastic. I, I, I love listening to it. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to be on it. Yeah, me as well. I'm, I'm so grateful for both of you too as podcast hosts. I always tell you too, I'm just so impressed because I could never be a podcast host. I, I don't know what to say and, and run a conversation as well as you two can. So thank you for the excellent job you do in every episode. Thank you both for, uh, for the very kind words. That's going to probably close things up, Matt. And Ray, I really want to thank you both for your time. I know you're both really busy, and you have been really, really busy, but I do want to thank both of you for being on the show. Yeah, and this was really fun. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yeah, th thank you. This was, this, was, this was great. I appreciate the time. I know you put a, a lot of time into the, the prep for this, I'm sure, but this was super, super easy and, and really appreciate it. Uh, that's going to wrap things up for this episode. Next episode in uh, two weeks on the podcast, on the audio podcast, we're going to have Chris Belanger in, in, who is the marketing head at Now Codeco. 
And Chris is going to talk about some of the, the more technical things and some more of the details of, of what we missed today. So it'll be an interesting trip with him just to, uh, to bring some more knowledge out about where things are going. Again, we're going to have wonderful guests throughout the season, and I thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Uh, that's going to close things up for now. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Codeco podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to leave a rating in your favorite podcast app. See you next time.